Thanks for listening, guys. Definitely check out more episodes on the Wildcard Arts and Entertainment page, available wherever you get your podcast. Events by you. Have you Irish blood? I do. Actually, uh, I have family who are, I'm a descendant of somebody who was pushed out of Ireland back in the early 1900s. Forced into the U.S., kind of like the story, if you've seen the the Godfather series, uh, in part two, like the scene where the kid's coming into, um, what was it, Ellis Island? Right. That's what happened to uh, my family and my grandfather. Uh, he was raised in New York City, put himself through law school at St. John's, uh, basically riding a subway to and from uh, his classes. And fast forward to my mother, who is uh, a proud descendant who passed. I uh, have a quarter Irish blood in me. Now, how about yourself? I'm 100% neo-authentic Irish in my brain. <laughs> really? <laughs> my, I'm a redhead, so that comes from Mesopotamia. That's oh. what we're talking five, six, seven years ago. Wow. So you've done extensive research on your family history? No, just on Irish history, I'm an expert on it. The Irish people are North African people who were then invaded by successive waves, what they call proto-Celts. Proto-Celts? Yeah, no, it was not real Celts. <laughs> I mean, they're wannabe Celts. They're tribal abilities for the Celts. You know. I have the real ones, you know what I mean? The Gaulish Celts, you know, those sort of people are Brennus the Celt, those kind of ones who sacked Rome. Now, have you been in Dublin your whole life? Yes. Yeah. All my ancestors would have been County Clare, County Kerry, and West Ireland. That's where my mother comes from. Right. So she's um, she's no longer with you, uh, but she was. Uh, go ahead. I used to go down to County Clare for my holidays. That's why I'm in Shake Park, believe it or not. Really? Now, about I, what drew me to you was my my love for Phil Lynott and Fit Lizzy. Because when I saw you doing album artwork for them, I was just blown away. Because it's all the, the things I've listened to in my whole life and studied the vinyl for my dad's collection on down to the final days of... Mr. Lynott, uh, I address him like that because I almost respect for the man, but on at least you, at least you have his fucking name right, you have the list of people called the minute. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing that I'm driven insane with myself. <laughs> it's people just, especially if you come from Ireland, I don't know about that, but <laughs> call yourself an Irishman. Name Lynott, people pronounce it Linus for some reason. Don't ask me where they got the Philip with the one who said lie, L-I-E, dash, not, L-O-T. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is, it's, but the Che Guevara uh, portrait you did, uh, I love the, I love the, the F you have in the corner of it, that's... The hidden F, it stayed hidden until 2004. Probably longer, 2006, I think, when I was out here. Now, how did that... Like, oh, like go ahead. Amazing. What did you say? I was out in 
I think it was 2008, in a book called Shay, the Afterlife. <coughs> An Irish Argentinian writer who worked at the Wall Street Journal, Michael Casey, quite a well known journalist, wrote a book about Shay. And then got in touch with me. And he said, But how can you prove it's yours? And I said, Because there's a hidden logo built in it. So that gave him the hint. Then he found it, wrote, Wow. Wow. So what sparked your curiosity with Che Guevara and specifically the what prompted the portrait of him? Now, I, I had read somewhere, and I want to verify with you, that you had met him at one point in your life when you were a young man. I met him, I met him in County Clare. I was working in a bar when I was 16. Wow. And he came in, and I recognized him immediately. Because I thought a very political family, and I was educated by Franciscans. So they had a huge, uh, of the word, missionary situation in all over Latin America. And they were persecuted as well. One of them came up, Fabria uh, Boff, came up with liberation theology. You know? So I knew my history of the Irish diaspora, so when Che Guevara came into the bar, I knew who he was, and I just got talking to him. Obviously, I had to talk to Barman. Tell people America is like 
Now, where I am currently is a small city about 35, 40 minutes away from there called Stanton, Virginia, which is has some history to it because Woodrow Wilson, he was um, one of the reasons it attracted me was for its history. Woodrow Wilson was born here and these artists uh, from the 60s who did that song, uh, I think it's called Flowers on the Wall. The name is slipping my mind right now. The Statler brothers were from here. Yeah, yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of history, even for a small town. With what I was going to get to next was how you got connected to the boys in Thin Lizzy, where that came about. Well, we had with a mutual friend that I got last few years ago, Frank Marty. The man is the Pope. You ever heard the Pope? The Pope. Yeah. <laughs> and Frank, and myself played football for years. So when Philip was looking for someone to do album covers and artwork. He'd seen my work already in the, another band's house. I did psychedelic posters, poster poems in 68, 67, 68. And Philip had seen those. So he decided to get Frank to put us together. You know? So the two of them came up from London. We met up in Neary's pub and uh, just got on immediately. You know? He loved my work and I wanted to work with Lizzie. I loved Lizzie anyway. You know? was cool, you know, but we knew each other to see. We had mutual friends. First time I saw Philip physically uh, was on the street in Grafton Street where he kind of strolled along promenading, attracting all the girls. <laughs> and uh, he wasn't anybody then, but he was black and hard, so he was somebody immediately, you know, stood out. <laughs> yeah, and we were, I was doing photographs portraits with a guy called Roy Esmond and I was going up the stairs and Philip was coming down so that's how we actually met. Wow. But it was Frank Murray who actually put us together to work. Did you know when you were working with them the impact they'd have on Ireland and rock and roll and future generations of musicians? I they did. I thought they were amazing. You know? I mean, I'm a friend of you too, Larry Mullins up the road, same road as me. But I see him all the time. <coughs> and I love you too. They're extraordinary. But to me, Lizzie were always the ones. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean, they're, they're the first Irish band to really break through and be original. You know? Now, it took them a while because Whiskey of the Jar was a huge hit. And everybody wanted to follow up with another Irish folk song. But he was a writer. He wants to do his own thing. So it took years after that before they really got back on the beach, you know. I used to stay with him all the time. And we were so broke. Because I'd given up advertising. I was very well off. <coughs> and then there was a huge, <coughs> excuse me, a huge crash. And the economy went down the tube. And I was broke and he was broke. So we lived on porridge and fucking beans, you know. Wow. I'm struggling to find the words because this is, as a fan of this band, this is a uh, But they were, Philip was amazing. They were, but they were all, I mean, Eric Bell was such an extraordinary musician. Brian, Brian was the one we used to laugh at because he was so normal. <laughs> and when they made, yeah, when the others, when they made money, when everybody's looking for cars and all kinds of goodies, Brian decided he was going to be, I always remember, Re-equip his kitchen and trade his new washing machine and shit. We're all cracking. But that's, that's still Brian. Exactly the same. Do you see him a lot I now? Talk, 
time I was only talking about three weeks ago. Well, I, that's somebody I would love to sit down with also. Um, it's a band. Uh, what's it called? Light and Dangerous, is it called? Yeah, it has a busy band. But I talked to Scott as well. I can still remember back in the days of uh, VH1, the behind the musics that were put on. Remember hearing the story of whiskey in a jar when it became a hit and they got a package delivered to them in the mail and it was saying, congratulations, your album is number 23 on the charts in Ireland. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It blows me away because Vagabonds of the Western Worlds to me, I say is maybe my favorite album of theirs and it's very early on. And as you mentioned, Eric Bell, uh, just the, the song, The Rocker, I think it's one of the best guitar solos I've ever heard. I don't know, I mean, Eric and Gary is fantastic. Gary's phenomenal. But I mean, they're very lucky, they had amazing musicians and they got together at the right time and created something new, you know. Really did. It was very new. was unheard of before them. The other thing was, the black man brought to the white band. The only other person was Jimi Hendrix, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I, we know what kind of star power he got from that kind of image, but then Lizzie's a different thing. Yeah, but there was Rory Gallagher as well in that period. It was amazing. And Jimi Hendrix was asked, how does it mean to be the greatest guitarist in the world? He said, ask Rory Gallagher. You know? <laughs> I'd always heard, Rory. heard a rumor there was... Uh, I remember going around about Jimi Hendrix for years that his favorite guitar player was um, Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top, the early ZZ Top. Before. When is it there? It's 7, 7.30 evening? 7.30, uh, 2.30 here. Right, well, that's not too bad. Yeah, he's fucking hours. He's only gets up then. Yeah, that's, he's, he's a little bit behind where we are. Three-hour difference from L.A. Now, nine hours from here, I think. I'd love to, one of these days, I'll have to visit, go across the pond to Dublin, never been, always wanted to, for my family. It's a cool place, it's a bit, what's the right word for it, we have a huge tech boom going on here, so prices have gone through the roof for rent, so that's okay, because otherwise it's still great. I had a friend who actually um, went over there on a trip, and he does the cage fighting, like, you know, Conor McGregor, that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, a couple of those guys, yeah. Went and um, actually trained at his gym, and he said that was the one of the best investments he ever made in his life. So, yeah. next up for me. Yeah, so there's a fighter probably follow, follows me called his name Obukala. I don't know what his fighting name is. Obukala. But he probably up in the, in the food chain. He probably has a name different name. Okay. I, know, I, I love Vagabond, I love the Alan Park, but I always look at it and think I could do much better now because technically I wasn't sure. proficient as it would be, you know what I mean? Of course. I, but, you know, I still love it, I still want to look at it. It has all the little messages and secret little stuff Philip told to stick in there. There's a spider there, you should look at it, that's Philip. There's one of Brian, I got There's a frog, I think it was Eric. Oh, fucking un unbelievable! So you can see the the smile on my face. <laughs> it's just so 
up until now, all I knew about Thin Lizzy was what I had read and heard from people who saw their concerts and you know the tours with Aerosmith and <laughs> all these bands, Deep Purple, how Phil almost left to go and start a band with the two guys, Richie Blackmore and Ian Pace from Deep Purple. Well, was a big time, but he was torn for a long time about that because they were huge. Big bands. Would have been like Creed, one of my favorite bands. Right. I mean, they were. You know, rock version. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> 